Welcome to the Surge Strength Podcast, powered by Ritter Sports Performance. This podcast is dedicated to helping swim coaches and swimmers learn how to properly implement dry land and strength training programs that result in moving better, reducing injuries, and swimming faster. Let's join your host, Chris Ritter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Surge Strength Podcast. Hope you're doing well. I'm excited because we are less than a week away from open enrollment for you to become Surge Strength Dryland certified. Put those credentials behind your name. And this upcoming Sunday, I am hosting a free webinar, The Process of Dryland.training is where you go to register, The Process of Dryland.training. And in this webinar, I'm not only going to teach you how to write an effective dryland workout in less than 10 minutes, I'm also going to be going over all of the dryland resources and tools that we have put in to the surge strength dryland certification curriculum and how much it's going to help you with both confidence and knowledge when it comes to dryland and you're not going to want to miss this open enrollment opportunity starting on monday april 26th and one coach that has already taken the initiative that i hope you will too in a week is Kareen Bullock, and she is a swim and dryland coach up in Alaska. She's currently working towards becoming SSDC, and she had an awesome story, which I'm sure a lot of coaches out there can relate. At some point in the last year, your kids were out of the water for an extended period of time. Well, for her in particular, she had already enrolled to become SSDC. She had some prior knowledge as a personal trainer, strength coach as well, but still was missing that swimming specific piece. So she's working through the SSDC, not even fully complete, but she started really putting it to use with the kids that she was working with, reworking the dryland program a little bit. And two weeks ago, every single swimmer from two weeks ago from the interview, every single swimmer had a personal best during their first inner squad meet after being out of the water for an extended period of time and only doing dry land. So they kept doing dry land through the entire shutdown and she could see the difference in her swimmers when they got in the water. And think about how excited those kids had to be to achieve best times after not being able to be in the water, the frustration, the anger, all of that that comes with it. But she was able to lean on the dry land program and what she was learning while becoming SSDC put it to use, and the results speak for themselves. So I hope that you will make an appointment to see me on the webinar on Sunday night. Remember, it's the process of dryland.training. Links in the show notes as well for you to register and then also be ready for Monday, April 26th for open enrollment so you too can join Kareen and become SSDC. Let's jump on in with Kareen for Dryland Talk. Dryland Talk. So, Kareen, I'm curious, especially someone like yourself has a vast experience of the body, of training. What spurred you to become SSDC? What, what kind of went off in your head? Like, I, I need to dig into this. My lack of swimming knowledge mm. really is ultimately what it comes down to, because even though I now have been working with these swimmers for four or five years and I go to as many meets as I can and I talk to the coaches and I ask questions about, you know, this, that and everything else, um, I knew that this was going to be swim specific. And I, I need that because even though I feel like I've grown a lot and I've learned a lot about this, about the sport, I, my tendency is to fall back on my 
other types of training, which is not sports specific, or if it is, it's CrossFit sports specific, which has its time and place. And I, you know, I, I loved it while I was doing it, but it needs to. And so I, I hoped, and of course it was, um, this big learning, I wouldn't say a big learning curve. It reinforced some of the things that I was already doing the course, Mm. but it also gave me some great perspective, I've always struggled with, um, this might be a question coming up, so I hope I'm not jumping ahead, but I've always struggled with um, programming around um, meets coming up, taper weeks, recovery weeks, things like that. And so this has been a huge help as far as that goes for me. And that's what I was hoping it would be. Yeah, and and it goes back to, I mean, I almost view CrossFit as its own sport, right? And and so now you're, you're taking that approach of swimming of like, okay, it's not about necessarily how much weight's on the bar. Obviously you're going to take it away if the technique's bad, but they need to see the results in the pool. So I can mm-hmm. understand your kind of urgency of, all right, we need to have this show up at meets or especially at a taper meet and figuring that out. So what resources or, or how, what information did you come across in the cert that really helped you or helped you work through programming that stuff? Um, well, so I'll, be completely honest. I'm not finished the program. Um, I no worries. <laughs> I do have a Lots full-time of other day people job with you and on your track. No worries. <laughs> so I try and get, I was on a really good run and then the last week or so work just got really, really busy. And so I haven't, um, but, and I, more of it's going to come, but I'm in the section of programming and. Okay. So, is, so we are in module four or no, no are we in module nine, six? No, wait, whoa, whoops. I just lost my visual on you. <laughs> I was going to try and pull up my screen where I'm at. So you're past the um, assessments? Yes, I'm past the assessments. Okay, so you're you're in like module six where you're actually starting to see like, all right, how does this program fit together now that we've given you all the tools and everything? Yeah, and it's, you know, so understanding the strength weeks and the strength power weeks. And because when you mm. were talking about that right at the beginning, I was like, I don't really know how that. So then seeing it on your spreadsheets and being like, okay, this is how I program a strength power session. Um you know, and I've already started doing that. This last two weeks was my first two weeks of, you know, my age groupers were in a power awesome. week and this week, my senior or my high schoolers are in a power week. And yesterday we did it. And they're like, we don't get to just lift. <laughs> and I was like, yes, something new, um, you know, but it's cool. And I see it. And today my age groupers were back to a strength week and we were doing standard, just regular pushups. And mm-hmm. my co-coach was like, look how much stronger they are out of the bottom of their pushups. Cause we just did two power weeks mm-hmm. of power pushups and things like that. And so, um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, it's okay. Corinne. I, I was just going to say, I think that's the other valuable thing coaches underestimate when it comes to periodization, the value of taking something away, doing something else over here and then coming back. I think it allows both the athlete and the coach some time and then you're able to see a difference or feel a difference. Mm-hmm. So they go and they do that squat again. They're like, Oh, this is, this is pretty good. Yeah. And it's almost like, it almost doesn't matter what you're doing in between. If you have some kind of planned periodization, it's more the fact that you need to take it away and then you're both are going to realize, wow, this is really getting better because we're working it here. Yeah. It's, it's my favorite part is seeing those improvements. Yeah. Did it help with kind of simplifying the phases too? So you weren't overwhelmed with what to do where, especially fitting it into a season? It, it did. Um, It has, so I had actually got my programming. I used to spend hours programming. And then I kind of, when, especially when I started doing this five by five with my kids at the gym and now 
you know, my sessions were kind of running themselves because they knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. And then I'm taking on this now, this new, these different phases that we're working through. So my time spent programming has gone up a bit, but I see that starting to taper. So now I'll get into a better rhythm and I'll know like if there's a power week, even though I, you know, you don't, I need to remind myself not to reinvent the wheel. So if I've done a power week in the past, I can repeat that. I can put that back into my program, you know, a couple of weeks later, maybe tweak a couple of things. But so now, so right now my programming time is, is harder and more time spent, but that's just because I'm starting to put all these pieces together. I do see it tapering again and just having this really nice all round. Um, I love having my, my year planned out and being able to look at a piece of paper and see where my strength, strength, power and power weeks are going to be. For me, I'm a big visual person. So learning how to do that was great. So it has made it easier that way for sure. I think that's huge what you just said and coaches need to rewind that to get it into their heads. It's okay to repeat a workout. (laughs) (laughs) It took me a long time to learn that. In CrossFit, it's like, no, you never repeat a workout. You've got these few benchmarks that you see once or twice a year, but I'm like, why? Just, it's okay. (laughs) And especially too, where we teach you, hey, you got eight different variables, eight eight different levers I think about in terms of, so yeah, if you roll over all of the exercises, you still have plenty of variables you can adjust. And so it in fact won't be necessarily the same workout, but there are also times where I remember as I'm programming as a coach, I almost want to do the same one because I want the athlete to feel how much easier it was or how much stronger they are. And I think that gets discounted sometimes too, of thinking we always got to challenge them right to the brim. Mm -hmm. Well, sometimes they get a workout and it's similar to where we took it away. And then it comes back. You're like, oh, I'm so much better. If they go through the same workout and before they were, you know, just really sore, really tired the next day. And now they're like, oh, that wasn't that bad. That's Mm -hmm. progress that they can feel and see. Yeah. And really, yeah. And remember back to that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. So what, what are you more diving into now? It sounds like you are on track with the programming and feeling pretty comfortable about that. Is there any other things that you're either interested in exploring more with the dryland program or just excited as it starts to come together a little bit more? I like how it's coming together. I, um, I feel like I have a lot to draw from still. So I'm, I'm not in the sense that I'm feeling overwhelmed, but I, Mm. I, I feel pretty confident where I am as a coach now and just being able to add this, um, these different phases that you, that you've introduced. Um, I think, you know, this kind of is repetitive of what we were just talking about, but sometimes I'm always looking for like a new way to hinge. And so Mm. I do like that I can go to your, you know, your list of ideas and kind of pull from that. But again, I need to remind myself, we don't have to reinvent the wheel either. Like if we, if we are doing single leg deadlifts or regular deadlifts on a regular basis, you're still hinging, you're still working the right muscles. You don't have to make it too terribly different. Um, so just trying to figure out how to keep things, like you said, it's enough progress, enough change that you are challenging the body in a way that it will um, adapt because we know that by adding change, the body mm-hmm. adapts, but without having it be too complicated so that every session you're teaching a new movement. I love now that I, my, my, kids all know these basic movements too. So when I write on the board, you know, S dot a single arm PP push press, Mm -hmm. they're like, Oh, single arm push press. I know what that is. I was like, yay. (laughs) you know, so why would you throw a bunch of complicating things in? Yeah. It's the same thing as writing swim workouts, right? Every coach has their own style that, okay. It maybe takes the kids a few weeks to kind of pick up on, but then once it's set, 
you're, it's going to be a lot easier, similar to how you're talking about. Yeah, it took me a little bit more time to program learning these phases, but now I can see that already going down. I wonder if coaches are sometimes hesitant to learn a new system because they're worried about, oh, how much time is this going to take me to learn? And then my kids have to learn it. But you're on the other side of that and seeing the payoff of it. Yeah. And it is true. I mean, I, I was a little bit resistant as <laughs> when I got to that part in your training where it's like, I have to learn a new way to program. Are you kidding me? I just had it all dialed in. It was great. The, the sessions were running themselves. And, but now I feel like in a couple of months when I tell the kids, Hey, we're in a power week, they're going to know what that means. And they're going to know what to expect in the workout and things like that. And so, yeah, there's, there's going to be these deep little learning curves and then everybody's going to get on the same wavelength. And I think as a coach, it helps not get stuck in a rut. Mm. I think that's super important too, because if you get too stuck in a rut as a coach, you're going to lose that improvement in your athletes. I, I believe so learning new things. Yeah. It takes more time. You have to spend more time on your Saturday if you didn't want to, but you're going to see it. It's going to pay off in the long run. Do you um, take notes on the sessions? What does that look like with your programming? Like when you're in it, do you just take mental notes down? And especially someone like you, that's been programming for so long. I'm curious, like, what does that process actually look like for you on a daily, weekly seasonal basis? So I track, um, in our traditional lifts, I track all of their lifts every, well, I've actually got my older kids now tracking their own. So I'm awesome. my, <laughs> Yeah. Hey. Whatever you could give it off to them. <laughs> right. And I was oh, like, no. if you forget to write it down last week, sorry, you're going to go back to the week before, you know, there so you it, it's a sense of responsibility, but yeah, I have, I track the weights every week so that we know how much we can either improve or not improve, like add or not. Um, and I've gotten to know my kids well enough now that I know, um, what they're capable of. Like this morning I was with age groups and, um, we were doing goblet squats and deadlifts. And I just know with, just with kettlebell. And I just know from looking at them, you can take a 35, you're going to need 26. So I just hand out the weights. Um, I don't record that because I seem to, I feel like I've worked with them long enough. I sort of know week to week, but I do like, I have a, a Google doc um, that I just keep adding every month of my programming to, so I can go back yeah. and look and see where we were, what we were doing. And I'll make little notes for myself on that for sure. That's awesome. I don't do necessarily have, share them with the swimmers, but. Right. <laughs> do you have a specific story or two of like success that you've seen directly from dryland and the kids, whether they're seeing success in dryland or in the pool, any, any stories to share with the audience? Um, well, so my, I, I love to get feedback from the swim coaches and I, I have just as a whole gotten, um, so we just had a little, we're doing intra-squad meets right now because we can't mm, meet right. with other schools yet. Um, so, but last, this was two weeks ago, I think it was pretty much every single swimmer had a personal best Wow! of so every single swimmer. And this wasn't even like, and we, as coaches, we're just blown away. We're like, well, something's working. And so we put a lot of, you know, they've been super consistent when we got shut down and the pools weren't open. We kept dry land going through all of that. We did it virtually. Um, it sucked, but we did it. And so right. that as a whole has been a huge payoff. Um, one of my biggest things is, so as a girl, I get that like pull-ups, they're the bane of our existence. Yep. And yep. I've got five age groupers now. So they're on the upper end. So they'd be like, 
sixth, seventh, maybe a couple in eighth grade who mm -hmm. 18 months ago were all banded. I've got five of them doing body weight pull-ups now. Wow. Unbanded. Green, that's awesome. And I was like, that blows my mind. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how many coaches really understand how like big of a deal that is, but like, that's a huge deal. So for me, that was one of the biggest, I don't, I love seeing their weights go up. I love that. I've got a couple of my senior mm -hmm. boys doing 200 pound plus deadlifts with great form makes me super happy, but seeing a teenage girl get multiple mm -hmm. body weight pull-ups. It's like, <laughs> that was, I love it. So I, and I had a, one of my, she's super sweet. She loves telling me how she did, but she got 28 pull-ups last week, body weight. Not in a row, but they were broken up into like we we're doing um, still, circuits. still, just the fact 20, the fatigue didn't catch up at some point. Twenty-eight body weight pull-ups. I was like, all right, it's it works. The program works. <laughs> so that's, uh, um, yeah. So I, I, it's it definitely shows. Um, I don't understand, and I don't, I can't see it as much because my eye is not trained as to how they're improving in the pool. But I, the coaches there are telling me that they're seeing great improvements just as a whole. So. That's, That's awesome. awesome. I'm glad the audience heard it from someone else besides me. Cause I rail on that point all the time about females being able to do pull-ups. It's not only huge for the strength in the water, but their confidence too. Like I remember when I was coaching girls that age, just seeing them stand behind the block a little taller and like, I, I got this, like mm -hmm. I'm strong. Cause they're proving it to themselves in the weight room every day. So yeah. it's awesome that we have another coach being able to echo that. And the fact that almost a year ago when we first started doing the, the free webinars leading up to our launch of SSDC, I remember saying, you know, we don't know how long this shutdown is going to happen, right? We don't know what it's going to look like, but you are guaranteed time. And if you do the right things or the things we're telling you on land, I'm not saying it can replace water. I'm not saying, you know, we should never swim again, but you do the best with what you can and you guys are proving it there, seeing yeah. every kid have at least one best time. That's amazing. It was amazing. And I, it blew my mind and I was super, you know, the kids here, I, I'm sure you're seeing it where everybody's seeing it. The shutdown, it, it killed these kids. Like they couldn't mm -hmm. see their friends. They couldn't be in the pool. Um, being on zoom sucks because they're busy yeah. being on zoom in school and whatever, but it, I think they are seeing whether or not they're thinking about it. The fact that they can get in the pool and feel strong again was, was a big deal for them. So it's, that's awesome. It was awesome. You mentioned that the other coaches are saying like, Hey, they're looking good in the water. Can you expand on that much more? Um, so, I have to be careful how much I say about swimming because so I don't sound <laughs> dumb because I don't know, but um so there, there's, a, there's a few of the kids, um, you know, certain individuals, there's no sense in like giving you two huge specifics because you don't know the kids, but that were, you know, we, you put them in lanes based on their, you know, they swim with like leveled, you know, so there's been a number of yeah, kids that have been bumped up. Mm -hmm. yeah, the number of kids that even just through this period have been able to, you know, bump up to the next lane, if you will, um, and able to keep up and challenging each other in that sense. Um, speed, they've noticed a good increase in speed for sure. I've, I've heard that, but I, I, I can't comment too much on specifics because I haven't actually asked specifics. So if you ever get Scott <laughs> on one of these, um, he would be the one to ask because he's, but that, he's that's awesome. Coach. Like how dry land's an accelerator for their progress in the pool. Because I remember when, you know, I was in a team where there's multiple lanes on the intervals and you're thinking, man, how am I going to cut five seconds off my hundred repeat to get up to that lane? 
you know, and, and, and then possibly do it on less rest as well. Yeah. And that's the power of getting a little stronger, moving a little better on land, taking into the pool, seeing those results. And I wish, you know, and you and I know this from being adults and being able to like rationalize it and understand it and see it. But I wish the kids knew like Mm. how much really get how much they've improved and how the work that they've put in, in the last, you know, 12 months that has been really monotonous. The the fact that that's actually why they're better in the pool. Like, you know, sometimes they just get in, they swim that interval and they're like, okay, cool. That's where I'm at. And we're like, but you don't understand all this work that you've done. Like, can you actually get your mind around the fact that this is you, you did the work and now you, you know, we're seeing it in you. So sometimes I think kids are just like, oh, cool. This is where I'm at. This is awesome. I'm like, no, but it's so cool. (laughs) I wish they could understand that. That's awesome. Karina, I'm really happy to hear of your feedback of becoming SSDC, even though you're not there yet. I'm sure you'll get there at some point by the next few weeks. But when we originally sat down, I was thinking, all right, how can I help swim coaches basically get a fast track bachelor's of exercise science, personal training certification, all of this wrapped into it. But then on the other hand, I was trying to hold, Hey, there's a lot of healthcare professionals, personal trainers, therapists that work with athletes that know the body pretty well. So I'm not going to teach them anything there, but I feel like I could teach them swimming a little bit so they can speak the language a little bit better because honestly, I know a lot of swim coaches, if I refer them to a trainer or somebody, and that trainer isn't speaking the swim lingo, they're going to think, oh, you, you can't help my swimmers, but they really know the body and they can mm-hmm. do a kind of a sports assessment and figure out, all right, what, what are the movements here? What are the muscles and figure out and put together a plan. But a lot of swim coaches and swimmers aren't going to listen to you if you don't know that swim lingo. And I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts on that, but I'm glad that it seems like it's been a beneficial to you on that point of kind of helping your swimming knowledge as well. Yeah. And I wish, you know, I, I kind of feel like, um, I, I, I'm going to toot my own horn a little bit here, but it's for the sake of the kids, to be honest, like the, the setup that the Glacier Swim Club has ended up with in having me as basically the isolated dryland coach, because I like, even though I came in with no real swimming understanding or experience, I knew enough about the body to make kids stronger. I mean, yep. I knew that, that fundamental, mm-hmm. those basics were there. And I, I wish that other swim clubs or swim coaches, uh, I feel like maybe at the, at the college level, this happens more often, but can actually have somebody who's, you don't have to be a swim coach because sometimes I feel like, especially in the high school age group levels, the swim coaches are really good at coaching swimming, Yep. but Mm -hmm. they don't really understand the dry land, but they don't have a dry land coach. So they're having to do both. And if you could find an isolated person like the Glacier Swim Club found me, and it's better to have the body basics and the movement basics and then learn about swimming for the dry land portion of it. Obviously, it's Mm -hmm. like they laugh because sometimes they're shorthanded on the pool deck and they're like, hey, can you come help coach one of these swim practices? I can't stand there. You know, and I, (laughs) I point, I'm like, okay, this is next. I know nothing about coaching swim and that's okay. Like I don't. Mm -hmm. And so to have somebody with more of, a dry land coaching experience um, benefits a club so much more than trying to have this swim coach. And this is where your program is going to be a huge, huge benefit because it gives, it teaches the different movements that they can do in a dry land program. It basically, it gives you the session plan. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And that is, you know, that's kind of just reinforced stuff that I was already doing. But for a swim coach to try and learn all of that, I wish everybody could have access to sort of an exterior person that they could bring in, take your course, because then you get the whole picture of it and go forward from there. Yeah, I can't tell you how many collegiate strength coaches in particular I've talked to where they got reassigned, all of a sudden they're working with the swim team and they were a good student of the sport. And they're like, okay, this is the team I'm assigned. I know nothing about swimming. You know, similar to you, like they probably won't drown, but they're not gonna set any world records. And so they go to practice, they watch what the athletes are doing. They talk to the coaches, they try to learn more about the sport and they get really good results because again, they're coming with this huge knowledge, usually masters, bachelor's degrees of exercise science, years of working with athletes. Like they can help athletes. They just need to get sport specific and understand, mm-hmm. all right, what is, what do I need to bring here? That's different than the basketball players I work with or the football players. Yeah. Um, so it's really encouraging to hear you say that. And I agree. I think coaches now can use the SSDC to go find someone local. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they have the swim experience, they got the background, take them through the course. Now you're going to be able to speak the same lingo. Cause I'm sure that's, what's helpful too, is you can speak the lingo of the coaches now and you guys have one vocabulary to use about how yeah. to program and stuff. Yeah. It's far easier to learn a sport specific technique of training for a dry land coach than for a swim coach to try and, you know, like, it's just, it just makes sense to go that mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. In my uh, opinion. That's awesome. Kareen, this has been an awesome uh, podcast interview. I appreciate your time for coming on. I want to leave uh, you with a chance to talk to other coaches out there and maybe not specifically the swim coaches, maybe others similar in your standpoint of, Hey, I know about the body. I've been working with athletes, but maybe now they find themselves a little bit more with swimmers and, and dealing with that world. What can you speak to the benefit of them becoming SSDC is going to help them in those endeavors? So coming from a, like a basically a no swim background. Yeah. Like yeah. Sim- similar to yourself. Yeah. Well, I just, um, th- yeah, this program, I can't emphasize. I thought, I thought I had it kind of figured out like what, what I had to do as a dryline coach for swimming. Um, and I, like, I, I had some pretty good basics, but, but because you, Chris, you, you round things out and you're always like, when you're teaching something, you keep referring it back to, this is how it's going to help in the pool, or this is, you know, you know, your pull, and this is why this movement's going to help here. And so there's all that crossover that, that happens throughout the whole program that it, I, I thought I was in a confident position before I started this program. And my confidence has gone like even so much higher, just, hearing it from a coach who has not only been a successful swim coach, but also clearly a successful dryland strength and conditioning coach, putting it all together. Um, I can't, I can't emphasize enough how it's just made me, and I'm super, like, I'm super excited to just keep putting this into my dryland programs because I know it's going to work. I've seen what's worked so far and it's just that much more sports specific. Um, and it, it just really improved my confidence as far as that goes. That's awesome. We're going to have to have you and maybe the other coaches on staff back on the podcast after you guys get some more championship meets or whatever this season starts to <laughs> unfold and, and we'll hear oh, about even just, more results. I can't even I imagine. I hope we can go. It's like, it's everything's, we've got all of our meets on this calendar, but it's like, you know, with COVID, COVID rules right now. So <laughs> they may or may not happen. <laughs> so we're so hoping true. they do. And you got to make the best that you can. And you guys certainly have. Uh, Corinne, thanks it, again yeah. so much for your time and coming on here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. This has been great. 
open enrollment to become CERD Strength Dryland Certified is coming soon. Learn more about becoming SSDC at surgestrength.com slash certification. Open enrollment will be for a limited time only. So join the SSDC waitlist and don't miss this chance to gain more knowledge about dryland. When you become SSDC, you'll be able to save yourself time and frustration while getting better results with your dryland training. Get ready for open enrollment to become SSDC today.